When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Derry. Yeah. Is it a city? Yes, it is a city. Yes, it is a city, a cheeky shite. I've got through 15 or whatever episodes of this, having essentially kept my reputation clean, and now I've fucked it. Good afternoon, good evening, good whatever. My name's Joe McIntyre, the big dog at Time Out London, and you're listening to Love Thy Neighbourhood, the podcast in which someone that's done something with their life shows me, a silly little boy, around part of London that means something to them. One area, four locations, to which they would give their own illicit five-star rating to if they could. But they can't, of course, because that's what we do at Time Out. Upon discovery of Tavern Rare or Playhouse Suite, Exhibition fair, we pluck at five golden stars with care and bestow upon the venue history's share. A little poem there. I don't know what came over me. We are in a part of London, of course, that has uh, all of literary merit. I'm referring, of course, to Soho. Lovely, lovely Soho. We're finally here. A lot of people have been asking uh, when we would cover it. We were just waiting for someone to come along and choose it, to be honest, and someone finally has. Very, very dear. To me, this place, I've spent a lot of time here over the years, and if you love London, I'm sure you have as well. It was, of course, right back at the beginning, just two squares, Golden Square and Soho Square, and lots of rich people lived on them, and eventually things like cholera meant the rich people uh, made a break for Mayfair. And eventually, as is often the way, uh, cheaper accommodation meant that the immigrants moved in, uh, Greek immigrants, um, Italian immigrants, eventually Chinese immigrants, and the area sort of became synonymous with revelry and music and laughter and drink and things like that. And the police, there they go. We are actually just walking past the old timeout office as well. Bit of a blast from the past. Uh, very, very nice. Soho now, of course, not so synonymous with sleaze and iniquity. More closely related to flat whites and television production companies and things like that. But that's fine. I, st- I, I still think it does, especially the south of it, Uh, maintain a feeling of kind of weird village life. It has a kind of small town feel to it. Lots of people would say the same. The pubs have locals, the buildings aren't tall. That of course doesn't apply to the north side of it, which has sort of changed beyond all recognition with huge shifting screens and whatnot. Don't know quite what to make of all that, but uh, very exciting, etc. Today's guest who summons me here, very exciting, it is. Saoirse Monica Jackson. Saoirse Monica Jackson, of course, the main protagonist from the number one worldwide smash hit, Derry Girls, where she played Erin Quinn uh, and became incredibly famous as a result of that. Since then, uh, whoa, it's windy. Since then, she starred in The Flash, which was the DC superhero film, and she was in Jez Butterworth's follow-up to Jerusalem, The Ferryman. Uh, She was in the West End version of that, but now this year, 
she's going to appear in Netflix's adaptation of The Decameron. Not the David Cameron, The Decameron, which is a collection of witty, dark short stories by Giovanni Boccaccio, 14th century Italian man who wrote stories about the, the Black Death coming to Florence. And she's in that this year with a load of famous people and I'm sure it will be absolutely fantastic. Anyway, very exciting to be in Soho. Looking forward to meeting her. And we are now approaching our first location. So let's go and say hello. Sir Monica Jackson, where are we and why have you brought me here? We are at the Soho Theatre and I decided to bring you here because the Soho Theatre is just like a great wee hub, isn't it, in the middle of Soho and I've had many a great nights out in this bar. I feel like it's a good meeting spot for everybody. When I was doing the Ferryman a couple of years ago, we would often come here afterwards. I can't remember if this is right, but it has opened slightly later as well, isn't it? It is. And it also changed like five years ago or four years ago, where suddenly the quality of people getting booked got really good. And the production suddenly like stepped up. All the reviews were excellent as well. Um, I think it was to do with the, like he, he died sadly young, but the dramaturge they had, a guy called Adam Brace, I think his like eye for detail and stuff seemed to have made a huge difference. I don't know if you were sort of aware of this place before and after him but he definitely had a big impact. Amazing. Well, obviously I know that this is where Fleabag started and I'm obviously a massive fan of Fleabag. A massive flan of Fleabag. A flan of Fleabag. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just, I think it's so great at encouraging like new up and coming comedians. I've been to see some like great stand-ups here and great at like encouraging and developing new shows from the ground up. They're all new comedians who are like definitely going to be big. Yeah. Like they're all super, super talented. Do any names jump to mind of people you saw here? I've seen a comedian called Red here. I know that's terrible that I can't remember his second name. I probably should have Googled that before I came Red. here. Red is his first name. He is my friend's friend, so that's how I ended up coming. But we had a great night when we seen him here. What, what kind of comedy was it? Stand-up comedy. Funny Just, comedy. Oh, right, Good the, comedy. The best kind, yeah. <laughs> But no, thank you for taking me to Soho as well. Yeah. So you're the first person who's, at, who's, who's chosen Soho. I thought someone would choose it immediately. No Happy one days. did. Yeah. I'm Why did you choose it? I chose it because these are always the best nights out to have. And now that I've moved away from London, I lived here for years. Normally now when I'm coming back down to London, I would stay here. And I always think it's a great place to tie up with people and just get a lot of odd bits done. Odd bits. Odd bits done. You can get your maintenance done, see your friends, make sure you eat well, get yeah. some beauty treatments, yeah. whatever you need to do. What you are your What are your soon. restaurant spots? My new top hatter is Lena Stores. Mm. I do love it. I know that it could be thought of as a bit of a chain, but is it a chain if there's only two and one is a deli? I hate to break it to you. There's more than two now, <gasps> and there's a, there's a Lena Stores bar under the original Lena Stores. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. You I know. think that I would not really see that as a chain, more just like a go-getter. Yeah, like, like an up-and-comer. Yeah, like a spreader yeah, rather I, than a big chain. And I just yeah. like it that it's um, pasta tapas, so you can have a little bit of everything. I'm a fan of that. Yeah. What was the last thing you saw here? Do you remember? I probably read the last time I was here. Uh. Um, when I come down, I always try to catch a play. I've not been too fortunate the last couple of times when I've came to London, I've been a, a, a busy um, or occupied with other things. But the last thing I've probably seen here was that comedian, Red, I'm going to see my friends play 
tomorrow night. Which one's that? I think it's transferred from the Almeida and it's got my good friend Tanya Reynolds on it, so I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Well, I hope it's good, yeah. I'm sure it will, but she's a brilliant actress and it's got raving reviews, so I can't wait. I I can only apologise in advance if our theatre critic goes and gives it a sort of middling review. I have no control over him. (laughs) We call him the beast for a reason. He's he's untamable. Maybe he just needs a slap. I, I I daren't slap the beast. I, I have a bulldog with an enormous mouth that I would sooner slap than I would than slap Anjay. I've heard how adorable your dog is. He's an asshole. He's not. He's like the bane of my existence. I'll be sad when he dies, but with any luck, it's soon. And do you have to have a license for him because he's a bulldog? I'm not going to admit over a microphone that I don't have a license for Ooh. a dangerous animal. Because um, I, I heard they're really stepping that up now. I heard well, it on the news this morning that if you're caught without a license and you can get, they'll just keep sending the penalties until you pay them. Which I, is like I, I definitely have a license for him, and oh, he's not like okay. an XL bully. I'm not one of those guys walking around with a sort of breeze block shaped dog. Okay. Yeah. What's the difference between an XL so, bulldog uh, and I, a normal I have a theory bulldog? that no one really knows what an XL bully is. They yeah. just see photos and they look kind of scary. Yeah. But I don't think any expert's really able to go, this is the genetic makeup of an XL bully. I think it's yeah. a weird mix of loads of things. And if you see a dog that sort of seems scary, you can just now go, I reckon that's an XL bully. And you then, in turn, become a bully by doing that. You become an XL bully. Yeah. A human-sized bully. The most dangerous bully of all. Can you imagine touting on somebody for having the dog that they love and, like, getting that dog taken away from them? No. Or getting that dog put down? You have to be, like, a special kind of asshole to do that. If it bit my arm off, I can imagine doing that. Okay, if it did bite your arm off. But when I was listening to it on ITV this morning, these are people that, like, there's been no particular incident. They're just, like... Run of the mill, as we would call them at home, touts. Yeah, I was yep. thinking maybe of using this podcast as sort of start a, <laughs> like, a, like an anti-snitch campaign. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Because it's like I've seen like quite a lot of shoplifting recently in London with like food and things like that, Aww. and I just think, do you know, just just look away, just yeah. look away. I think it's definitely. It's a new one thing. I think if you're in stealing food, then you probably need to. It's not a situation that anybody wants to be in, and I can't imagine ever. Yeah, there's a difference between, like, a 14-year-old yeah. stealing a handful of Wrigley's chewing gum yeah. for the for the illicit high, and it is a high, so yeah. sure it's a, you know, it can be fun. Uh, there's a difference between that and someone stealing, like, corn and nappies or something. I know? do remember girls at school, like, meeting up after school to go they were like planning to go shoplifting oh really yeah and there was like big hitters they would always have like claire's accessories was a a big place where loads of girls from my school would go and shoplift were you ever invited to go and shoplift i was never invited nor would i ever partake because i'm well, too much know, of a shite the tights today maybe is the day we change that and we can go from <laughs> location to location uh giving you a little education in theft <laughs> So you can make up for all that lost time. <laughs> Maybe your life would have turned out very differently had you actually tried stealing stuff. I don't know how. Sometimes I don't charge myself for the plastic bag. Not because I'm doing it on purpose, but because I'm not going to go back under the, the payment system just to pay for the plastic bag. But I do always feel a real state of panic as I'm walking out the door. You don't feel like the thrill for you, it's pure panic. It's just pure panic because I just think I'd be so embarrassed if someone caught me as well. Like how embarrassing that I would just yeah, that pay would for the bad. plastic bag. I suppose if you do have a higher profile than most, there's a secondary level of fear, which is like imagining the kind of like the news reports and stuff in the Daily Mail <laughs> saying like Saoirse steals plastic bag. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, let's just see how this podcast goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's, a, I, you know what? Um, shame on me because until yesterday, I'd not realized that you were in the Jez Butterworth Ferryman, the West End production of it. That's amazing. Oh, thank you. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, what was it like to be in that? It was a brilliant experience. Um, it was my first and only show I've ever done in the West End and it was just such a joyous cast to be part of. It just felt like a really fun play to be part of because we had animals and kids and stuff involved in the production. It really mm. felt every night that anything could happen. And we were all, the younger cast especially, there was a good lot of kids that were around the same age as me that were playing the kids. Yeah. Um, and it was just a, it was a fun time. It was it a fun time living in London and having a dressing room in the West End sort of feels like you've got a little office as well in town. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> because presumably if, if Jez Butterworth says, I'd like to put you in my play, mm-hmm. like there's not a single actor on earth who would be like, not sure. Not sure, exactly. That's like being called up to the, the acting World uh, Cup, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like such a high acclaim. Yeah. And Jez's writing is absolutely, it's gorgeous writing. And there was such funny moments in the play. And it followed just a family going through quite a difficult time. And I th- thought it was quite an interesting thing to look at in Irish history with the disappeared as well. So, yeah, it was definitely a very fun experience. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> well, I feel like uh, we should probably move on from, from this wonderful theatre. Happy days. Go for a little wonder. Does that sound good? That sounds good to me. Let's do it. So yeah, heading to Greek Street. Do you not know the, the Memnonic going for dinner with Billy Piper? No. Greek Street, Fifth Street, Dean Street, and then Wardour, Berwick, Poland. It's how you remember the order of the, the streets going up Soho. So explain it to me again. Going for dinner with Billy Piper is how you remember the order of the, the vertical streets in the sort of grid of Soho. So we're on Dean Street now. The next one will be with dinner with, so that's Wardour, that the one before. Yeah. You'd be so honoured, wouldn't you, if you were Billy Piper? Yes, and then there's an entire city navigating with your name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, should we go through the, the middle of Soho Square? What's your thoughts on Soho Square? I like it. See, you, yeah, I think you always is, bang under some crazy characters when you're walking through Soho That's Square. one way of putting it. I remember one summer, there was, uh, it, was, it was full of people all sunbathing, and there was a man who was quite old, I would say mid-60s, maybe 70, and he was in a pair of like silvery underpants. Fair play to him. And he was sunbathing, and he had a very old camera, and he was trying to take photos of everyone else sunbathing and he was getting very angry that no one was like staying still for long enough. I think his camera was so old that you know it was like he needed everyone to stay in the same place and he kept shouting at people, stop moving like that. <laughs> like really, really aggravated. But he, he sounded so authoritative that a lot of people were sort of going were obeying him and they were just sort of like, you know, oh my God, freezing how for offensive him. if he's like being really aggressive on his sparkly half pants as well. Yeah, well jiggling that... below jiggling above he stood up with a camera. <laughs> That's just not on. It was a while ago, so yeah. we, we we can sort of sleep Sounding low, he's probably dead by now. Well, this this square was also the beginning of Soho. There was an enormous mansion in front of it, Monmouth House, I think. That's why there's Monmouth Street over there, and there was just fields around it. Uh, and it was a square of like very very posh houses. And eventually, disease came, and all the posh people fled to Mayfair. And then all the rest of Soho was sort of built up around it. Thank God for disease. Yes, exactly. And it's not often you hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Also, on the subject of disease, check out this segue. You're in the Decameron. Yeah. And that's coming out this year. 
that's heavily influenced by disease. Yeah, it? it's diseased. Um, yeah. It's ruddled, ruddled with black plague. <laughs> yeah, the black plague. I often get confused between like, there's the bubonic plague, the black death. I don't know if they're the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, the black death and the black plague. I got confused by it as well. Are they not the same? They're not the same. Right, yeah. I'm pretty sure. But um, yeah, it's a really fascinating TV show and the writer was just absolutely brilliant. And she actually weirdly got fascinated by disease as a child. Yes. Um, and she just always wanted to write something about the Black Plague. Yeah. Um, Lena Stores. Lena Stores. Yeah, you're a fan? Delicious. Yeah, yeah, they are. It is so nice, and I like the atmosphere as well that you can set up at the, that wee bar counter as well. Doesn't it look so clean? It doesn't just look clean. Yeah. We can see the hygiene rating on the door there. <laughs> what does it say? It's a five, it's guys. A five. It's a five. Yeah. Kudos for the five on the hygiene rating, guys. Giving them a thumbs up. It. Well, oh, she's coming out. Oh, we're getting a person from Lena Stores, but she looks a little bit timid. How hey. are you doing? We're just we're just talking about how great Lena Stores is. Oh, that's so nice to hear. I just listened to the podcast you were on, Dish. Oh, thank you. I think you're amazing. Oh, thank you so much. I'm actually on another podcast right now. It's quite rude to bring up a different podcast while there's a current <laughs> podcast happening. I, well, anyway. I'll be on to see you someday soon. Bye, guys. See you later. Thank you. Everyone bitches about how Soho's different and it's changed and it's not as good as it used to be. This is exactly the same as it used to be. Bateman Street, Frith Street, Greek Street. These buildings are the same. A lot of the businesses are the same. What's there to hate about it? I don't get I it. I love the atmosphere in the streets at the end of a night out as well. Yeah. yeah. The, the look of it when it's... I'm getting a bit misty-eyed now, but like yeah. the shimmering <laughs> neon when it's raining, yeah. you know, reflected in the pavement. That's what it's all about. But I throw Thanks. up on the side. Uh, I think we've just arrived at our second location. Do you want to say where we are? We are at Jazz After Dark. Jazz After Dark on Greek Street. This place has been here for so long. And I have to admit, having never, ever been in. I'm so shocked that yeah. you've never been in here. I don't know why. I mean, it's covered in pictures and video footage. It just of, looks like good crack outside. It looks like good crack and it looks like Amy Winehouse has definitely been here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's go in and say hi, maybe. Hello! Coming into Jazz After Dark. <laughs> Hiya, how you doing? Hey. How's things? So could you tell me about this VIP room? Amy used to come here after 3 o'clock in the morning when all cabinet and shut, have a drink and chat and all the far away from the paparazzis. Oh, isn't that nice? Champagne all over the place. So this room, <laughs> this room's seen some good party nights then, I'm sure. It could tell some stories. A plenty story. One day she came uh, Saturday morning about three o'clock and she called me. She said, Sam, stay, don't close, I'm coming. And she came uh, crying, her face full of scratches because uh, her husband asked her to borrow money to go to see another woman. So she came here and uh, I gave her a bottle of vodka and some chips and meatballs that's what she liked to eat <laughs> and of course a bottle of vodka no ice no lemonade yeah she liked vodka with a bottle and just uh, everything you could do with potatoes in one go yeah <laughs> uh, she she wrote the most beautiful song ever back to black she wrote that in here oh my god how long have you had this place uh 37 years she's seen some longer time yeah some crazy nights happening yeah. in Soho oh then. yeah yeah first six months we thought we'll never survive and suddenly uh, when uh, everybody heard that Greta Garbo came here they sat all this table because they want to know where is 
Greta Garbo sang, and, and it was great, yeah, they give us massive publicity. Since then, thank God we get lucky. We get yeah. Amy and lots of people after that. Well, I've had some of the best nights out of my in my life on here. Okay. I've oh. been here a, a many, many times. I think I remember you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, Sam. Thank Cheers. You. Thank yeah, what an honor. See, that's that's what I do is I get people to do my job for me. <laughs> Thank you for uh, stepping in, chatting to Sam Shaker. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, pretty amazing. I don't know if I can compete with that many celeb names. I don't have that many anecdotes. I actually never knew all that, you know, when I was coming here as well. What bits? Just the fact of how many people have passed through here and the fact that Amy wrote Back to Black here. That's amazing. Yeah, I no idea. Yeah, I mean, this really, we are just for the benefit of of the listener in the sort of VIP area. And it's it's sort of curtained off normally, and it's all very red and plush, but it feels super lived in. It feels very loved in. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. I mean, right now there is an obvious lack of music, but that's because we're here earlier uh, than they normally open. Thanks to them, later there'll be music. What sort of stuff is it in your experience? It's been a mix every time I've been here, like of um, jazz and blues mainly. Mm. Um, it's really cool and it always has like a variation of age groups as well playing sometimes you'll get solo performers or bands and yeah it's just great it feels like um a really fun sort of free-for-all let's yeah. say when you're in here how does sort of nightlife and going out here compared to because where before Derry guys you were born in Derry yeah did you live in that part of the UK? I sort of went between Donegal and Derry right. for my childhood. Weirdly, a lot of people from the north of Ireland have do this thing where they have a holiday home or a caravan, a 20-minute drive from their primary house. Because <laughs> 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 if we love anything, it's convenient. And my mum is actually from Donegal, so we just loved it down there. My parents loved it down there. My two brothers ended up going to school down there, so I went to school in Derry, and I sort of had a cross-border mm. upbringing which was so nice obviously Derry has no hustle and bustle now compared to London but the city life and then the freedom of having sort of like a rural childhood and running around beaches and fields and what was going out madness. I can imagine <laughs> what was the like nightlife going out in the evenings like for you there I think at home it's really safe as well. We were all allowed to go to clubs at like a really young age. What kind of clubs were they? Okay, so they all, your classic, like all lit up floors. Mm. A lot of the nightclubs when I was younger always did this drink called Purple Haze. Do you remember Purple Haze? No, no. It was, maybe it's just a dairy cocktail, but it's red aftershock, blue aftershock. I'm pretty sure it has port and uh, blue WKD. So getting on the purple What's hazes. What's the mixer in that? There's no mixer. It's just more alcohol and alcohol. More alcohol and alcohol. Oh, my gosh. Um, And they were like 1.50, so that would sort of set the tone for the night. That must have been chaos. Absolute chaos. Wow. And everybody completely dulled to the nines. All the girls on the dance floor. Some of our male friends when we were teenagers were good dancers, but now when I look back at it, me and my friends always say... It was quite strange, like all the boys would just sort of be stood at the dance floor, tapping one foot and holding a pint, where the girls were more hard- hardcore out in the they purple haze. They were on the dance floor? Yeah, right. on the dance floor with the purple haze. What were the boys wearing? What was the fashion? <laughs> I remember bringing one of my friends from England back to Derry, and um, he was so shocked just at like how stunning and how good looking all the girls were. 
you know, I don't want to speak badly about our, our own men. They are good looking men, but just like the effort the dairy girls go to and the boys are just like out on a Saturday night wearing jeans and a football top and getting away with it and pulling absolute ten out of tens. I guess they've just become complacent. Like they, yeah. they know they can get away with that and it's like they're gonna be putting less and less effort in over less the years. Less and less until they're going to the club in a dressing gown and slippers. <laughs> probably. <laughs> And not, not even standing at the bar, just like standing at the back of the room, just surveying the room. Yeah. Like people at an auction. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find it when you first came to London? I loved it. Yeah. I first moved to London with my best friend. I'd never actually been to London before I'd moved here. We'd booked the flat online and then we came down and for some reason I thought that Covent Garden was like the be all and end all in the centre of London. So we decided that we would get a flat that was walking distance to Covent Garden. Oh my gosh, that's um, so madness. We, <laughs> so we got, really is. <laughs> we got a flat in Stockwell, which was a good like 45, 50 minute walk oh, into I, Covent Garden. I sort of thought you meant you got a flat overlooking Seven Dials or something, you know, no, like no. above Monmouth Coffee. Oh no, no. You were in sure Stockwell, okay. Uh, yeah, you'll be walking in 45 minutes. I mean, anything technically is a walk into town isn't it if you're talking about like an hour or something exactly and I thought that was actually quite economical and very smart of us as well when we were like skimp we just moved here it's nice to walk into like it was work lovely. every day yeah well I suppose you, you you were acting at the time so I was acting I was doing all bits I did theatre and I was doing the all wee telly bit um, popping up on wee episodes here and there and because we were so keen on being close to Covent Garden, we shared a studio flat, so we shared a bed for just over a year. And we Do you had... miss any aspect of that? I don't miss any aspect of it. <laughs> Do you know what? Me and my best friend, Holly, had just such a brilliant time at that point. I was working in a curry house. We went into Covent Garden to hand out CVs, and Holly's like very, she's a beautiful girl, and she's extremely charming. Holly managed to bag herself a job at Karen Mullen, and I got a job in a curry house called uh, Mama Masala's, I think it was called. Where was Mama Masala's? In Covent Garden. Or no, it was called Curry Zone or Mama Masala's. Something like this. I think it? you've conflated two because there's there's Masala Zone. Masala Zone, that's yeah. what it is. Masala yeah. Zone, yeah, I think it's a... Mama uh, Masala's is in dairy. Right, okay. So, I yeah, often you've, do you've, that, I get the name slightly yeah, wrong. Quite young <laughs> to have sort of that kind of early onset you know, dementia occurring, <laughs> but it comes for all of us. Well, this has been uh, very lovely in here. It's been great. Yeah. Shall we... Batter on? Yes, let's do it. Happy days. Here we are on Old Compton Street. This really is the, the centre of Soho to me. Bar Italia is just over there, Cafe The Bahrain. Spine? Yeah, it is, it is. MJ the musical. Oh, problematic. Kind, kind of, yeah. It seems no, weird that everyone's like... We're just forgetting about that. Yeah, just glossing over yeah, it. Yeah, just glossing over that. Not under that. Yeah. We'll not be going to see that. Is this not where G-A-Y late does as well? Just over there next to it. Yeah, I think it might not be long for this world. I have a feeling it might be going to close. Oh, closing no. down, yeah, as, as is the way with lots of things. We're also going past the strange Harry Potter adjacent wand shop, I guess, whatever this is. Harry Potter is like one of Britain's most proudest things, isn't it? The craziest thing is when you see adults dressed as wizards outside the Harry Potter theatre on the show. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? Uh, that yeah, because we work quite close to it, so we see we see it all the time, the adult wizards. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to feel sorry for them slightly. <laughs> We are outside the third location. We've just rocked up. Do you want to say where we are? We are at Madame Berto's. Yes. Is that how you would, you would pronounce it? Maison Berto's. Maison Berto's. <laughs> so <laughs> I've close. I've always called it Madame Berto's. 
You know, I always do this thing where I pronounce things. It drives um, my partner mental. I always get the name of things slightly wrong. But then you can sort of pretend you're doing it for a joke as well. Yeah. Even though clearly it's not. <laughs> it's not clearly it was on purpose. But I love this place and it's got so much character outside. Yeah, I think it is yeah. London's oldest patisserie. Yeah, it was part of what was called like the French area, I think. Hence the French house just over there as well, the pub. Shall we go inside? Yeah, perfect. Uh, lead the way. Happy days. Here we go. Well, it's quite busy. We're here in front of a lot of cakes. Yeah. Hello. Hello, how are you hey doing? There. I'm definitely going to have a slice I'm of cake. I'm going to go for pan. It's probably the best thing about the podcast is getting cake sometimes. Amazing. This is good. We're going up. Have you been on here before, Joe? I've been in Maison Berteau, or as you call it, Madame Berteau. <laughs> and we're, go we're going up the winding staircase uh, up to the first floor, which I've not been up to. And this is quite exciting. You a cake fan? I'm a big cake fan. There's a real cake and sticky bun culture where I'm from. Oh, really? And I just feel like I have sort of like an older person's palate. I spent a lot of time with my grandparents growing up, so anything that old people like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what are your top cakes? I like blueberry and chocolate. That's a great combination as well. Mm. And there's a thing that's famous, and I think it comes from Belfast, and it's called a 15. And it's got 15 different ingredients in it. And it's just like, it's not hard to make. You just get like marshmallows and chocolate and whatever nuts and stuff. And then you just smush it together and then you just put it in the fridge for an hour. And I really like that as hell. That sounds Anything good. Anything that's going to wrap your back teeth out, I seem to be a fan of. <laughs> oh, the frangipan has arrived. Thank you so much. That's very, very kind. Are you addicted to traitors? Oh, I've dropped some cake. Uh, in the same what? way everyone else is. I tried to watch it, but my partner, Hector, wasn't hooked straight away so we veered away from it mm. and then on the last fin final episode he suggested to me that we sit and watch it together and I was like I tried to get you to watch this what has happened so now I've just seen the finale but I've not seen any of the rest of it and it made absolutely no sense to me that's a mad way of doing it I know yeah what is it about it explain to me why it is so is it the music that just makes it so tense uh, I am not the person to ask but I think people just like second-guessing other people's thought patterns the whole time. So watching it, yeah. trying to get into the head of these people who have just like wild thoughts about what's going on the entire way through. But apparently Australian traitors, that could be one. If you, if you, if you want some sort of uh, <laughs> like an entry-level drug into the traitors universe. There's always a niche, isn't there, afterwards? Like everybody's like, if you like Married at First Sight, you should love Australian. Yeah. <laughs> every every, every so, cooking show's got like an Australian version. <laughs> People seem to think it's better than the real one. If you had to go on any game show, what would you go on? I'd go on MasterChef The Professionals, but as a judge, I think. <laughs> I think so, yeah. As a judge. Yeah. Fair play, I love the confidence, Joe. Well, I thought about it quite a lot, and I think I would be in my element. I wouldn't make a fool of myself. I think I'd make a fool of myself in any other context apart from MasterChef, The Professionals. Is that a game show, though? That is a game show, isn't it? Because there's an ultimate, like, the aim game. Is there's a win. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a winner and a loser. There's two one. Now. Nobody's in it to fucking lose, baby. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> what about you if you had to be in a game show? If I had to be in a game show. Would you be in Countdown? No, I would be terrible at Countdown. University Challenge. I would also be terrible at that as well. I think I panic a lot under pressure. Mm. Well, I have to bake off. I wouldn't mind doing MasterChef as well. How I did you do, do on Bake Off? I'm ashamed to say I didn't see it. Um, well, my competition wasn't very good. But that's, I did a ve that's a very humble way of saying you won. <laughs> <laughs> but I found it really stressful, so I actually wouldn't be keen to ever do a game show again. Is it genuinely stressful to... It's genuinely really stressful at one point. 
I um, sat down and there was tears in my eyes because I had nothing to bake because everything went wrong. Oh, no. Yeah, it was really stressful. Do you not feel like when it's, when it's happening, you've, you've signed up to do the game show and it's all occurring and they're filming you yeah. and you're feeling really stressed. Do you not feel like just saying to them, stop, like I'm SMJ. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sign up to cry. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, please yeah. make this pleasurable for me. There was one point when they were trying to film me and ask me questions about like this and I was so concerned about my cake that I did actually ask somebody to stop because I thought I was going to start crying. I was like, you're distracting me, which was any, obviously the any point. Any normal person would do the same. You, you'd yeah. just be going, fuck off, fuck off, fuck yeah, off. Yeah, and it's her. fucking roasting as hell inside yeah. that tent. Oh, is it? It's absolutely boiling. They film it over like the mid, mid-summer. mid Yeah. Oh my God. I remember pretending that it was Christmas, so I was sweating. Yeah, so you've done that one. <laughs> you've done that uh, game and that show. And d- that has massively put me off. It, this, this might seem a weird question, but like obviously Dairy Girls was, was so famous globally. There must be quite a lot of getting like recognized and people saying hello. So when you walk into a room like this one where it's mainly people from East Asia, I would say, are you relieved because there's less of a chance they're going to recognize you? I just think like, oh, they really need to get better at the distribution in East Asia. Yeah. I just think, God damn it. You're like, why aren't they recognizing me? Why? Shit. Yeah. yeah. I'm just concerned. It's true, when we, when we came in here, you refused to come upstairs yeah. until every single person in the clapped. cafe clapped and stuff. And, yeah. and then you, you said, clapping's not enough, what's my name? Naturally, what's my name? You kept saying, name? what's my name? Showed up. Took us 40 minutes to get upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> can I try your cake too? Uh, no. Oh, come on, don't be stingy. Okay, you can have a little bit of cake. Come on, let's see. Should we go in here? Well, this is Trisha's. We have arrived. At, don't spoil the surprise. Oh, sorry. We've arrived at our fourth location. It's an open door uh, in Solo. Not normally. Not normally open. Do you normally, want to say, you have to do like a like you don't want to make it an obvious knock, knock, and look too desperate. No. And you have to knock and then wait patiently because I think if you knock too aggressively, you won't get in. No. Have you ever been sort of denied entry to Trisha's? No, but I've waited too long and it's outside the door and it's actually just been closed. And it gets a bit suspicious. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, a hell of an institution. Its its real name is the New Everisto Club, I think. But no one refers to it as that. Yeah. They call it Trisha's because of the uh, the matriarch owner. Should we head inside? Happy days. After you. Oh, thank you very much. Let's do it. Hardly, oh, we're in the queue going down. We should probably be quiet. Don't want to make too much noise. Thanks. Hello. Hey. Hey. Oh, how are you doing? This is lovely. Oh, we have a beautiful oh. table set up. Thank you. Oh, cheers. What is it that you like about Trisha's? I feel like it's got such a unique character. I love the staff. I always think they're so friendly and so hospitable. I feel like coming to Trisha's feels like you're at a house party. Yes. And you always meet the most fascinating characters when you're in here. If you had to yeah. describe it to someone that had never been to London, yeah. the, the, the place in sort of culture in which it exists, what would you say? Sky's house. What's that? <laughs> Sky's house. Yeah. Sky's I'm pretty house. sure, is Trisha not a Skyser? Uh, I don't there's know, some Skyser's. I've just noticed that there is always like a good few Skyser's kicking about. Right. And here, and I'm a big fan of Skyser's. Yeah, Trisha's sort of the matriarch yeah. kind of runs it with help from Tracy and, yeah. and, and other sort of people in the family. It's pretty wild, yeah. open very, very late and stuff. It is. And I've just had some great memories. This is actually... This is where me and my partner came on our first date as well. Really? So although some people may think it makes for a wild night out, it was also can be very romantic. Absolutely romantic. Yeah. What did he do or say that made you sort of take him seriously? 
um, just went straight on and asked me to be his girlfriend, and I just respect that, I'm Trisha's. Really? <laughs> so it, it, that's almost like a contract sign. Yeah. yeah. They had steak tartare, and then we went to Trisha's. Okay. Did he outline what the benefits were in being his girlfriend? Um, no, I could see them very clearly. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> that's good for him. Uh, it, it, it is such a yeah. brilliant place. And it's amazing that, like, it's still here because Soho yeah. Soho needs places like this yeah. that have, like, a kind of weird yeah. energy and it's a bit yeah. kind of rough and ready, you know? Yeah, that's it what feels like somewhere is. you could find at home in Derry or Donegal. Oh, really? That's yeah, like a proper watering hole that sort of everybody feels welcome on. And in these sorts of places as well, and anyone can sort of fit in. Like exactly. in, in Trisha's, it's like all ages, yeah, all types of people, all types of people from all walks of life. Yeah, it's not like a members club with like status yeah. or anything. You know what I mean? But it's it not... feels like somewhere you need to know about. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Have you had great nights here? Do you know what? Not like probably as many as I should have had, but certainly some. I've been here with my girlfriend and had an absolutely lovely time. It turned out her ex-boyfriend was here at the same time. Oh. That was less good. Do you see yourself ever in the future sort of moving back to London? I feel really happy at the moment in Liverpool. I would say never say never. And if I was working down here for a long stint, I would be so delighted mm. to be back here again. London will always hold a special place in my heart. And I, like, even waking up today and going from the hotel and back and just doing my own wee bits, I just love the vibe of London. I just yeah. love it as a city. How would you I describe the vibe? I do miss it. Yeah. I love all the weird and wonderful about it. I love that anything's possible. I love the food in London. Yeah. If you I could live it. in any area of it. What, what bit would I What love? bit would it be? I recently went to an amazing Israeli restaurant. Was it called Hi Hi or Hi Ya? Off Portobello Road. Oh. And I was really under it. But maybe that's just now that I'm 30. I'm like, what love to live in Portobello Road? <laughs> no, no, I think it's And we've dream catchers. Yes. <laughs> Well, at this stage in the proceedings, we like to take our focus away from Soho in particular and talk about London in general. Okay. Stuff that you like about the place, places that you would give your own five-star rating to if you okay, could. Okay, cool. First up, what is your five-star pint in London? The Cheshire Arms and Hackney. A classic. Classic. It's definitely that. one of the ones that yep. pops up in every best pubs list. Oh, really? Yeah. And the staff are good crack. Yeah. Again, great area for um, foot of outside air. Outside air, by that you mean yep. a smoking garden. A smoking garden, but I just think it's nicer to be outside. Yeah. Painting al fresco. Very nice. I'll tell you the annoying thing about like occasionally smoking is that like if you smoke a bit and you're in a relationship with someone that doesn't smoke yeah. and then you do one cough, yeah. they're like, you need to stop smoking. Yeah. And it's like, it was just a cough. It was just a cough. It's um, not cancer yet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but that would really make me question that person oh really aye because I would just be like you just fucking really enjoyed saying that yeah the whole what an absolute narc rubbing my nose in it yeah narc is the word yeah do you have a five star pizza I used to love that um, Santa Maria it's a classic it's very good yeah am I just a basic bitch no just ringing out the classics no no a classic in a good way okay better fresh when you get it on store because I do find that sourdough it gets too soggy in the muddle, and mm. I don't like to be slapped on the chin by my pizza. No, no one does, I really. I don't like a too thick cheese ratio, and that's the only time I'll complain about too much cheese is on a pizza. Because mm. then it just becomes glorified cheese on toast. Yes, it does, yeah. absolutely. What sort of toppings are you getting? I like like a anchovies and olives or fresh jalapenos. I really do not like chicken on any bread. Yes, yeah, that's I fair. I think it's way too dry. Anchovies and olives. 
yeah. should be considered a grown-up pizza. Hmm. That that's like an Supposed adult to pizza. Get a gal? Yeah, Did I'm you a Martin. Take your best prize there, Joe. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Not for six. Well, what I'm, what I'm about to tell you will take you by surprise, uh, Sasha. You're going to give me some money. No, 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 no. Um, no money. Uh, just margarita for me. Just a margarita? Just a margarita for me because the flavor has nowhere to hide. Okay. Yeah, so the, the bare essentials of a pizza mm -hmm. are presented to you. The chefs have to really yeah. be on their A-game. I you understand that, yeah. yeah. I understand. Are you like, are you supping that up and really tasting for the oregano and the basil and stuff on it? Are you nom 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 That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. feeding it to myself in tiny are little... Are you blowing out your nose onto the pizza before you eat it? Like I Ex exactly like that, yeah. <laughs> it's not painting a particularly flattering light of myself, but that is, you wanted to hear how the sausage was made, that's it. Yeah, it's delicious. Uh, do you have a five-star park? London Fields. London Fields, yeah. Because we just one. have so many great memories there. What a place. Yeah. I'd say... I know it's not like a proper park and there's way more beautiful parks. And actually, it's pretty run down, but I just have some great memories in London Vales. What kind of memories? Not suitable for a podcast, but oh. just just some good times there. Could you allude to the memories? Aye, just like some birthday parties in the park. Oh, just sitting nice. there having a couple of drinks in the park, having a little picnic with some friends. That sounds good. Yeah. It can get very crowded, though, in the summer. Mm, it can get very crowded. Packed with people like yourself having picnics. Yeah. Yeah. Behaving badly. I never littered in London Fields, if that's what you're implying. No, no, I don't see you as a litterer I didn't at all. do that, Joe. Yeah, yeah, I, I see yeah. you being very, yeah. very, very, like, officious and careful about where you leave your, your waste. Aye. All waste products. Yeah. yeah which is good. <laughs> uh, do you have a five-star cup of coffee or tea? No, is it called percentage on Broadway Market then? That you is... Down? It's I know that's the most wankery one, isn't it? Because it's not even a name, it's just a symbol. None more wanky. That is the wankiest, yeah. But it's also yeah. the one that people do... I you meant that that was my actual name. They're not, Jesus, I'm tired. It's called Number yeah. Wanky now. Number Wanky. No, it's, um, <laughs> it's a very, very sort of precise place where they'll drip. Do you know why I like it? Because it's really, really clean. It's clean, yes. They look like they wash their hands loads. They measure it all out. And I appreciate that precision in all aspects of life. Would you prefer a cup of coffee which is objectively delicious but made and served to you by a filthy man or a, a sort of middling average cup of coffee made in a sterile environment and created by a man in pristine white clothing? The latter. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's just it the would, look of It muck. would taste better to me. That's like sort of like if you got the nicest seafood linguine, but there was a hair on top of it, it would then be the worst seafood linguine. I don't know why people are so weird about hair yeah. and food. Everyone always talks about hair and food. Like, Have you whole... ever had to pull a hair out of your throat? Well, I have longish hair, so I get my hair in my mouth <laughs> all the time uh, <laughs> if I'm cooking. Uh, and, you know, I I'll sit down to eat. Chances are some of my hair's made it into that food. No. But it's not I have once had to pull a hair from the back of my throat, and it was a traumatizing experience. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. It's better than human nails. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I'm just saying, on the scale of awful things to find in your food that's yeah. come from a human. I once got out of an Uber early because there was bitten fingernails on the back of it and I noticed it and I was like, stop ah, the car. That's bad. Do you have a five-star burger? This is so bad, guys, but like, I just think that you can't whack five guys. Five guys, It yes. is a yeah. great... Which I, is that allowed? Am I allowed to say that? You're allowed, whatever you want. Yeah. Because it's just the perfect bread to meat ratio. Yes. 
And I love that they do uncooked onions because I really appreciate the crunch. Yep. I appreciate the uncooked jalapeno. I love the seasoning on the fries. I'm a massive burger fan. I love a burger. If you had to put the... F- this is a very... Yeah. Now, I'm the basic bitch. If you have to put the big burger company fries in order of goodness, mm-hmm. the obvious contenders, your Burger Kings, your McDonald's and stuff. Burger King guys. fries are disgusting. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What's so bad about them? Wild bad aftertaste, and they've got like a wild dry bit tying them up at the end. It sort of feels like... They've been twisted at the end. The taste <laughs> at the end. It's disgusting. Twisted at the end. <laughs> yeah. It's like the pepperamis of fries. I see. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. Do you have, and I feel like this is something you will have, a five-star tourist attraction in London? Um, does this count as a tourist attraction? There's a wee boat on the South Bank that's just a bar, but it's a boat. But it's oh, my God, pub on a boat. Yeah. That's what I call it anyway. Uh, what a place. That's lovely, isn't it? What about a five-star performance you've seen in London? Jodie Comer doing Prima Face or Prima Face I always prefer again pronounce that wrong I think it's Prima Face is it? Prima Face I think so oh do you know what I don't know what I'm yeah. talking about yeah <laughs> let's, let's, let's go Judy with your Comer pronunciation Jodie Comer that was an unbelievable performance it's the best live performance I've ever seen and it's the most moved I've ever seen an audience as well afterwards there was such a connected feeling in the room and for a one woman show she just held it together the whole way through and I was completely blown away I had to actually walk after I came out of the theatre and just walk around Soho and the West End just doing laps just because I was so taken aback by what I just seen before I even had like the mental capacity to buzz an Uber. What was so good about it? She's just an absolute powerhouse as, a, as an actor and it was such a beautiful script. Um, it was taken from such an interesting angle and it was such an important subject and she just emulated all the characters the whole way through it so well and She's just so incredibly talented. It was yeah. amazing. That's the best thing I've ever seen live here. Do you have a five-star city that's not London and you can't say New York because that's sort of cheating? Derry. Derry? Yeah. Is it a city? Yes, it is. Yes, it, so it is a shit. city, a yeah, cheeky yeah, yeah. shite. I've never been. In my mind, it was smaller than a city. No, it, it is. is a city. No, it okay, is a city. Yeah. We have a cathedral. I've really put my foot in it there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got through 15 or whatever episodes of this, you know, having essentially kept yeah. my reputation clean and now I've fucked it. <laughs> Uh, what is it about Derry? I think that it's just the people. It's the people of Derry that make Derry. It's also a really beautiful city, and I think it's like really well kept. Yeah. We've got some great bars. We've got some great cultural hotspots, museums, amazing live music, and it's just a. It's just got a lovely energy as a place, and it's filled with history. Yeah. And the people are just so welcoming. Was it a, a surreal feeling, loving a city so much, and then also being part of its a coming out party to the whole world? <laughs> Ma- you made, you know, with obviously Derry yeah. Girls, Derry visible to a global audience. Was yeah. that sort of surreal? I think it's great. It's just great to see, hear so many people now visiting the city, and I definitely think that it's made an impact on the city. It's definitely busier, and I just hope that that grows and grows and grows. I feel like I need to now go there to apologise for the fact that I said, <laughs> is it even a city? You should go there and just, um, we'll stone you. Yeah, we'll that sounds good. I'll get stoned to death in yeah, Derry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it'll be a good crack while we're doing it, don't worry. Okay, that sounds good. Well, thank you so much for uh, showing me around uh, Soho today. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. I have, and thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Soho, good night. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. 
That was uh, Sasha Monica Jackson's Soho. And so nice to finally be here in the central town, somewhere that I love very, very much. Uh, a light rain is falling now in the evening. Uh, it's quite chilly. What with this being Winter Moon, the series. Winter Moon, if maybe the producer could put a nice echo in my voice as I say that. Uh, Sersha is in The Decameron, which is coming out this year on Netflix. And it's uh, it sounds like a pretty amazing series. Comedy, drama, sadness, plague, syphilis. It's got all the ingredients of a great TV series and you should definitely, definitely check it out. She was absolutely uh, lovely today. And my fandom is, is renewed. If you want to hear more from us, as usual, do subscribe to Love Thy Neighborhood every Tuesday. It's probably, uh, Probably the best thing out there, I would say, in terms of things. Give us a rating of five stars. Uh, that definitely, definitely helps. And we'll catch up with you next time. I hope you enjoyed it. Love thyself and love thy neighborhood. Cheerio.